It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Jeff Fiegel's with you. The phone number to give us a call is 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter if you want to get in touch with us that way you can. I will get to all the COVID fun, which I know we all love to talk about, after we get to our <laughs> guest today, and then we will also, of course, take your call. So you don't have to call in yet. If you want to call in about 15 minutes when we're wrapping up with Phil, then we'll get you guys on the air. But Thursday means it's time for the Sim Spotlight, presented by Bigelow Tea. Grab a mug and tea proudly. And joining us in the Sim Spotlight is the one and only Phil Sims. And Phil, I come bearing the best news possible. You do not have to deal with Paul Dottino today. Congratulations and welcome. You got to deal oh. with me, though. So that's just as good. So, very Jeff, good. it's good to talk to you. Good. To, you know, we need to talk a little special teams here anyway. Of know, course. We always do. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. We always do. But I, I'm a little disappointed because, you know, I, I like. Um, jostling with Paul because we all know that most of the time he's wrong. So. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Yeah, we do. No, <laughs> no one knows better than Jeff and I that Paul is usually wrong. That okay. is absolutely all true. Right. Uh, all right, Phil, let's start real broad here. It was a national game Monday night. I'm sure you watched yep. the Giants and Chiefs. Uh, what are your basic takeaways coming out of that game? Well, my number one takeaway is, oh, that was a game. It was there to be, you know, the phrase, there to be had. All the opportunities the Giants had, a lot of them. I thought the Chiefs were uh, the, the team that we've seen all year. Yeah. And um, so they missed a golden opportunity to win that game. They had a chance. Of course, I'm sure it's been talked about a thousand times, the offsides where they got the interception. Uh, that that was a huge – the Giants are going to win the game if they don't have that. And uh, I think Darnay, Darnay Holmes got the interception, if I remember. But overall, the Giants' defense, very good, game, very good game plan against the Chiefs. It's the one that most teams are using against them, and the Chiefs really still haven't figured it out uh, what to do against it. Yep. And they caught Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think, once again, he played average. That's it decision-making, everything about him, he just is not in rhythm, and their their offense is not clicking, so the Giants didn't quite take advantage of it. Phil, I, I'm getting asked this question all the time, okay? We both played in the league a long time. Uh, you were in way more meetings than I ever was, and so I, <laughs> I'm getting asked this question about how can this team repeatedly have these types of mistakes um, in these games that, you know, we always talk about the volume of penalties. It's more like you could have 30 penalties, but if those three or four are crucial ones, it doesn't matter how many of the other ones were. But how how, how does a team go through the season and eliminate these things? Because um, I'm being asked, well, what are the coaches doing? What It's the coaches' fault. They need to discipline these guys. Give me a little inside scoop on what happens in those meetings that you think, is this a player's thing? Could it be a coach's thing? Is it collectively? What is it? Well, listen, Jeff, I think we know, and John, that the Giants coaches are constantly talking about this, trying to reinforce what we're going to do. And, you know, just real quick, when you're playing Patrick Mahomes, he's not Aaron Rodgers with the stamp count, but he's pretty good. So you always have to be alert for that. And, you know, these errors, the old saying is, and I learned it from Bill Parcells, and it's so true, you've got to learn not to lose the game before you can start winning games. 
And it's the little things, and especially when you're not going out there. And, you know, the Giants, I'm not going to say many times, they go on the field and they're clearly, absolutely, physically better than the other team. And even if they have an off day, they're going to win the game. They're not at that stage yet. So every little mistake is magnified. And it, two big ones by the Giants this year. And, you know, I don't, I'm not the guy that looks back and think of this and that, but the Washington football team game down there on the field goal, of course, in this past week, those are two games the Giants had and should have won and did not. You know, Phil, I realize this is a Giants show, but I have you on here, your quarterback, so I want to get your take on this. The Chiefs, you know, the question everyone was asking last week is what's wrong with the Chiefs? And the one thing that kind of drew my attention from watching the Chiefs heading into that Giants game and then watching the game itself, Patrick Mahomes keeps leaving clean pockets, and and I really think it's to his detriment. Even on the Chiefs' last drive, he fled a clean pocket. He could have had a chance to hit Kelsey on a crosser, but because he's, you know, scrambling to his left for really no reason, he scrambles right into the spy, he gets sacked. But at the same time, that's something that has kind of worked for him over the course of his career, right? You scramble, you create time, make a big play down the field. Why isn't the same type of stuff working for the Chiefs that's worked in the past, in your estimation? Well, it's always a game of adjustments. Everybody in the NFL has copied many of the Chiefs' plays that caught everybody kind of off guard, the deep crossers, the crossover by Tyreek Hill, and he gets about the safety, and he bends it back out that won the Super Bowl for him yep. against the San Francisco 49ers. So that's one thing. And they still keep trying most of these plays, and the Giants, to their credit, like most teams, they were all over it. And the other thing is, everybody has done it and practiced it so much that when Mahomes leaves the pocket, they're rerouting to the receivers. The Giants did a great job of turning, changing directions and staying with those receivers. That, that's another thing. And then Patrick Mahomes just can't get out of the habit. I mean, the one play, I, I don't know if it was the opening drive or not. I think it, I'm not sure. But there is... Travis Kelsey, wide open in the end zone. Yep, I, I watched saw it. the tape. Yep. It's, a, it's the first read. Just drop back, put my foot in the ground nice and easy, throw the touchdown pass. Instead, he moves out of the pocket and tries to make a play. And I think he maybe threw a touchdown in the back of the end zone in that play. He did. Too. Yes, he did. You're right. To hell. Oh, okay. Yep. So he gets out of it. But most of the time in that game, he was leaving the pocket, which he's done all year, not what, letting the play develop. And I don't know if I've seen him really, I'm, I'm overstating this, but you go back as a quarterback, it's one, two, outlet, or however you think of it, one, two, three. I used to think one, two, get rid of it. And when I went to the line of scrimmage, the thing in my mind was the outlet, because I know I'm going to look at one and two. But I do not see him going through the progression of his reads. Uh, it's been a problem. And the last thing is, once he escapes, since everybody's playing this kind of look at the quarterback defense, when he escapes right or left, there's always a free guy on that side, and the Giants have, and that guy comes flying up when he goes out, and now it's can he get rid of the football before the, the, the defender gets there. So it's, it's a problem, and as a quarterback, you get in these ruts or whatever these where you just can't get in the rhythm of what you want to do, and I kind of think that's what Patrick Mahomes is in right now. Phil, um, you know, we always talk about, the next man up mentality and I I think that you know it's a misconception in a little sense that you know there's these guys that are behind these starters for reasons and so yeah you have the cliche the next man up and you are the next man up you got to go out and perform but you know how much is it that you know when you're asked to do that you got to have a little bit of an expectation that this guy is not going to be the next 
you know, the Sterling Shepard or whoever they're trying to replace when you have some of these receivers. What, what do you think about that, and how do the Giants combat that? Like, do they come out with a simplified game plan, like especially going into this week against the Raiders? You know, the Giants' defense is playing very well right now. So I'm thinking yeah. that Jason Garrett, with these guys that are getting hurt, trying to put an offensive game plan with a lot of backups sometimes can be very difficult. It can be, and, you know, it depends on the positions. When it's offensive line, you try to help them out, which you can. I see every team in the league doing it, you know, almost every week, especially when they think they've got a, a disadvantage, so they're going to help offensive linemen out. And for, for receivers, things like that, well, you know, they're, like you said, Jeff, they're a backup for a reason. The guy in front of them is better. And it's not about, oh, just go win the job here and win this route or win this, sure. uh, this play, so you help them out. And there's many ways to help them out, many, and it, it's endless. As I'm watching the Eagles, and I've been watching a lot of games today, and I am just see formations and movement and whatever to make the defense back off and help the skill guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a huge part of NFL football now. It's, I'm not an analytics guy. You know, I don't look at numbers and talk about them a lot, but I think the analytics prove it out. More formations, movement, and all that stuff just – Makes, have, you have greater chances of having success with plays. So that's how I look at it, and, and that's, that's what you do for a backup. Well, you should do it even with your front-line starters. Sure. But even more so when you have backups in the game. Well, Phil, I think, Jeff, I thought that was a great question, and I'm going to kind of build off that with our fan question this week. Mm-hmm. Jeff, this one comes from the Giants Good Yet uh, from Tim. And, Phil, he wants to know, outside of turnovers, what are the areas of Daniel's game have you seen improve? And if you can, can you put that in the context of trying to evaluate Daniel in front of an offensive line that's missing three, three guys that were supposed to be starters at the start of the year, including the franchise left tackle, missing all these wide receivers, missing Saquon Barkley? So, A, answer the man's question. Then also, how do you kind of figure out where he's at when so many parts around him are not what they're supposed to be? Well, listen, it's first off, he's lost one fumble this year, so we can stop that rhetoric, or mm-hmm. not rhetoric, but okay, last year it was real. He's got seven touchdowns, five interceptions, I think is what it is. So he leads the team in rushing, and I judge, you know, um, everybody just, oh, the quarterback's responsible for wins and losses. No. Yeah, okay, I understand Nonsense. that blanket no, statement, it. but it just, it. come on. We're not starting pitchers in baseball. I can't go up there and throw a shutout and all that things. But uh, just me judging and being very true and honest right here, I, Daniel Jones, I have no, you know, I don't look at it and go, oh, wow, I'm worried about the quarterback. Is he going to be the guy next year? I'll be shocked if he's not the guy next year. I've said this many times, and there was nothing in that game the other night that would change my mind. Oh, my God, guys, he threw an interception. <laughs> oh, how we, you, it's a game of perfection. <laughs> Oh, we can't make any mistakes. Well, you know, don't make any mistakes. As I always say, then just kneel on the ball every play, and you'll have no turnovers, and you'll win every game. There you go. So, But he's a playmaker. His mobility, he can hang in there. And I just, I'm just being honest. I think as he plays, and I see more and more, I see a little more of his personality starting to come out on the field. I wanted to, I'd like to see him even be more engaged, and I'd like to see more interaction with players. And I think you know what I mean when I say that. Like, hey, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes that's what you got to do. And as I always hate to quote Bill Parcells, but it's so true. 
and he said so many things. I look back and go, wow, I wish I'd have learned it earlier in my career or life and all those things. But, you know, he goes, Sims, the players look at you to lead the team, and you're not their friend. You're their quarterback and you're their leader, and that's how it's going to be. And no matter what you do, there's going to be guys on this team that don't like you. And that is true, too, because the quarterback, you know, gets too much attention sometimes. And I think a lot of players, not a lot, but some are just going to go, wow, we're sick of hearing about the quarterback. What about the rest of us? So, but Daniel Jones, I thought he played strong the other night. If he would have been given a chance to win the game, I thought he would. But there was no chance at the end of the game. He had no chance. And, John, I think you said it. Offensive line, Chris Jones, great example. Chris Jones, a star. He dominated the football game. Wherever he lined up, he won the job. I think he moved. He just took turns. He lined (laughs) up on the left side and just went across the line and said, everybody get a little taste of this. And he was truly fantastic in the game. So, you know, it always comes to this with the Giants. What do you think of Daniel Jones? Uh, they got to change quarterbacks and, you know, Joe Judge. And I just go, hold on. They might change a lot of things, but I'm pretty sure one of them is not going to be the quarterback. Well, I think a lot of the characteristics you look in a quarterback, I think Daniel Jones is showing you that he can play the position at a high level. I still think that a lot of people are still wanting Daniel Jones to have that moment where he takes the game on his shoulders and gets it done and comes out with a win. He's done that a couple times, but consistently, I think that's probably one thing that people want to see out of Daniel. But eventually that can happen if you have a good, healthy roster and that, you know, there's games that that, that it comes down to that. And maybe going forward here the rest of the season. But I think really when you look at Daniel Jones, uh, Phil, you know, what we really hated about Daniel Jones coming into the season was the turnovers, but last year he started to improve on that. So I think that's just going to show you that he can improve and going forward that he's going to be fine. Yeah, and you, you know, Jeff, when you say put, the, put it on your shoulders and win the game, he would have done that the other night. Mm-hmm. But no matter who you are, we could have had who? Name a guy that's a superstar, whatever quarterback. And sure. I'm telling you in that drive, he wasn't going to get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to have an opportunity to say, take it over. Yeah, I like that. That's okay. But I take it over because you're giving me a chance to make some plays. Right. You, right. No, no matter what, you need those chances. And there's not enough chances when you watch it. And, and I would say that through the year, giving more opportunities, our opinion would be totally different. And, of course, if they don't lose the foot, to the Washington football team and they found a way not to make the mistakes – where they probably had a great chance to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, um, they would the be road. four and four, and we would be looking at this a lot different, I think. Yeah, Otherwise, sure. we would be complaining. Well, they're only four and four. Yeah, they so, really could be five and three if you think about it with that Atlanta game too. So, well, yeah, that one too. That's a that's a good point. <laughs> and but but they're a team. The margin of error right now is still small. Very. I'm hoping here just soon, whenever this year that everything comes together health-wise where we can really see what the, the, the Giants are and we'll get a better picture, I think, of Daniel Jones, too. Well, Phil, hopefully we're going to talk to you in two weeks before the Bucks game. There's a bye week in between, so hopefully at that point some of these guys will be coming back. But before we do say goodbye, I should ask you about the Raiders on both sides of the ball. First, defensively, I, this is probably going to be very similar to a question I asked you when the Giants were going up against Carolina, but I think, frankly, the Raiders' edge players in front in terms of pass rushing is probably even better than what Carolina puts on the field. So with Andrew Thomas still out, with all these weapons, you know, still it looks like they're not going to be there for the Giants this week. No Galladay, probably no Shepard. 
how do the Giants approach this Raider defense, which has been really good against the pass this year in the secondary and up front? How do they try to move the ball and score some points this week? Well, that, that's a good question. Listen, I know about have, what Daniel Jones is going through with skilled people. In 1986, we went through a stage where, my gosh, our receivers, we were – Jeff Hostetler was running routes for me. <laughs> and <laughs> he probably wasn't too happy with it because I was throwing it right across the middle. And I'm <laughs> Monday Night Football, Ronnie Lott came up and crushed him. But that, that's where we were at, and it, it feels like they're there. But to talk about the Raider defense, they play extremely hard. I mean, it's impressive to watch them play. Gus Bradley has done a great job. Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe, they're the guys. They they get after the quarterback. They make it tough, that's for sure. And, you know, I just think they're a well-coached team. And I think on the offensive side, the O-line is pretty aggressive. They got good skill guys. I know they're going to miss Henry Ruggs, but they still have Edwards out there. Uh, so he can probably be a little bigger part of the offense. And Derek Carr is the offense, they have every play in the NFL in their playbook every week. The Raiders are extremely diverse in what they do. They're aggressive. And Derek Carr, he, it's the best I've ever seen, seen him throw a football two weeks ago against the Philadelphia Eagles. He made great throws. He's a very patient quarterback. He tries not to take chances, but when he wants to, you know, he's got the ability to make it happen. So it, it's going to be a good matchup, but it gives – the one thing I think is in the, going in the Giants' favor, the Raiders traveling, of course, cross-country, the way the Giants lost, but the Raiders, the situation they're in right now, lost John Gruden, this hanging over their head about Henry Ruggs. These are emotional issues. So uh, I'm interested to see how they play, but I would not be shocked if the Giants find a way to win the game. That's for sure. Bill. Excellent stuff. We really appreciate it. That's the Sim Spotlight presented by Bigelow T. Grab a mug and tea proudly. Phil, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Enjoy the bye. And, of course, the fans right. can find you on uh, the CBS pregame show coming up this Sunday. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you, Phil. John, Good talking Jeff, to you. Good talking to both of you, man. You too. Take care. Okay. Have a great day. Thanks, Phil. You too. That is Phil Sims. Again, it's the Sim Spotlight presented by Bigelow T. Grab a mug and tea proudly. Jeff, as always, good stuff from Phil there. I know this is the first time you've had a chance to talk yeah, to him on these it. Thursdays. Love listening to Phil. Yep. I, I thought he came with some really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think that, you know, if there's ever a time to, to understand uh, somebody that's played the position, played it for a long time at a high level, and then all is an analyst for this stuff. I mean, I love to talk to Phil because he brings out some points that a lot of us don't think about, um, and it's important to understand that how the game is played at a certain level through the eyes of someone like Phil Sims. I love it. It's actually good stuff. And your first question was literally the next one I was going to ask, Jeff, and, you know, I talked to Howard about this on yesterday's show, just about, you know, avoiding these untimely penalties. Yeah, the total penalties are up too, but I just feel like mm-hmm. the critical times these penalties are happening make it seem even worse than it actually is. Yeah. You know, from a player's perspective, and Phil, I think, was pretty clear about it. Howard was pretty clear about it yesterday, but I'm going to ask you now. You know, I think we all know that the coaching staff is stressing with these guys. You know, don't do these stupid self-destructive things, yet they continue to happen. So, What's the deal here? It, 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 <laughs> it's it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to even talk about. Well, that's what I'm like, saying. Like, it, yeah. I, I can't get into the heads of why these guys are doing it. It's psychological. It's emotional. Like, you tell me, Jeff. Is just as players have to, you know, get their, you know, what together, or or are the coaches doing something wrong here? I, I have been banging my head against the wall with this one I, because I I've been in meetings and I I've said this on I don't know if it's on the on Big Blue or our post game show the other night that, you know. 
Monday meaning here's how here's how this works. You, you know, as a player, I was always worried about Mondays. Okay, because I took my job so seriously that when I didn't do things well, my coaches ripped me a you know what in the special teams meeting. And so I was always I did not want to be that guy. I did not want to be the guy that they're going to be talking about on Monday. So I would always feel very confident coming into a Monday meeting if I had a good game. And so there was a fear factor. Now, I'm not inside that building. I'm not in the meetings. But I will tell you that from the people that I've talked to, John, understand that Joe Judge and his staff are coaching the you-know-what out of these players. Yeah, my understanding of those Monday's film sessions, <laughs> if, if you did something wrong, they are not pleasant for you. It is, and it's very... It's it's very uncomfortable. Yes. Okay. And it's meant to be that way for the reasons that we're talking about. Because I want you to understand, if I'm a coach, that when these things happen, you have to be held accountable for them. Now, the coach is not going to throw the players under the bus after the game. We know that that Joe Judge will never do that. But behind closed doors and privately, I would imagine that's happening. And there's a fear factor and there's kind of a thing where, listen, you know, these are my peers and I, I gotta play better. So but that doesn't really answer your question. The question is, why does it keep happening? Yes. And that is the hardest one. Because I was talking with Sean O'Hara last night. We were doing a fantasy football thing over there at the stadium. And this has been on my mind, like yours, John. And I said to Sean, the same thing I was kind of asking Phil. Like, listen, you guys have been in way more meetings than I ever have been in. You know, so what is the situation? And he gave kind of a very elementary uh, answer to what I was asking him. And I'll put it to you this way. He said, hey, John. You and I are parents. We have a young child that's maybe in first or second grade. He comes home from school every day, and I tell him to put his shoes in the, you know, in the mudroom or whatever, put your shoes underneath the bench, hang your jacket up, and take your lunch pail and put it on the, on the counter in the kitchen. Well, he doesn't do it every day consistently. Every he, day. <laughs> <laughs> right? You want him to do that every single day? He doesn't do that every single day. Try so once a week. <laughs> maybe once a week. You know, you have young kids. Yes. So uh, the fact is, is that that's kind of what we're dealing with. We're dealing with it. It's got to, you know, it's kind of like this has to resonate a little bit so that you do it consistently every single time. Now, when we were looking at the penalties, this isn't a this isn't a couple guys that are getting 10 to 12, 15 penalties on the season. That's spread it's, out. It's spread out. It's random, which makes it more difficult to understand. I mean, if it was one guy, we could say, like, what in the world is going on with this dude? He's got 13 penalties. The rest of the team's only got one here, two there. I don't have a solid answer for you, John. I really don't. Other than the fact that these guys need to pay more attention to what it is and understand the the, the circumstances and the flow of the game and how these things are keeping us from winning. That's really this because I, I look at these games, we watch them till we're like, and we sit in there going, up, oh, they had a chance to win again. They got a chance to win. So you have the players, you have the talent. And, and by the way, the penalties don't, I mean, excuse me, the, the injuries don't help the situation. But on paper, when you have a full team and you're ready to go out there and play well, you can win every game, but not with the penalties like this. And I just don't know how they just don't keep, how they keep going. It's a tough one for me. I'm waiting for that aha moment when, John, somebody comes on our show or I meet somebody out there that says to me, this is why it's happened, and I'd be like, oh. I, yeah. I don't think that's ever going to happen, Jeff. I'm <laughs> going to be honest gonna with you. I don't. It's not. It's not. All right. So. 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. Some business first, and I guess it makes sense that I'm bringing these Taking back to back. business.
The Delta variant is spreading quickly in all areas of New York State. People who are not fully vaccinated or are at greater risk from COVID-19, protect yourself, get vaccinated. Visit ny.gov slash get vaccinated or talk to your health care provider. Now, uh, if you guys have been following the news, you know the Giants have had multiple positive COVID tests. Uh, some of those retests have then come back negative. Uh, Saquon Barkley and Xavier McKinney were both put on the COVID list yesterday. So here's the statement the Giants sent out about an hour and about 50 minutes ago. I will read it verbatim. As a precautionary measure, we canceled in-facility meetings for players this morning and closed our office to non-football staff. Football meetings are being conducted virtually. Players, unless their test results are still being assessed under COVID protocols, will return for practice this afternoon. Bioreference Laboratories is experiencing an unusually high number of false positives using the rapid MESA tests at our facility. And this is the same test they've been using all year, by the way. With the exception of one individual, all of the positive MESA test results over the last two days have come back negative through PCR testing. The laboratory is working with experts to determine the source of the problem. The NFL and BRL, that's Bioreference Laboratories, are monitoring this situation closely. We are temporarily halting the use of rapid MESA tests and administering PCR tests only. So shortly after 1 o'clock, Joe Judge will be addressing the media on a conference call. We're not going to have that live, but I'll monitor you know, the various beat reporters' Twitter accounts. Detino will, uh, and Salomone will try to give us... Uh, some word as to what Judge says about this, and hopefully we'll have some clarity. The only thing we know for sure right now is the only confirmed, at least that's my understanding, confirmed positive is Burton Burns, the running backs coach. No other confirmed positives on retest have been made public or announced. So that's kind of all I have for you on it, folks. I wish I had more, but it's a very fluid situation. And we're all, including the coaching staff and the players, are kind of adjusting as we go here. Well, and you have some experience from that last year. So that kind of helps the situation. Um, because remember, there was it was times when, you know, well, obviously, John, you were not down there all last year. But that we got reports of that, how things were lightening up. And then all of a sudden, boom, there was a bunch of cases and they went back into the protocol. So the team's used to this. So that's not a, that's not a big thing. Um, clarify one thing for me. So the COVID list, so Barkley... And um, who'd you and McKinney? Those guys have tested. Those guys are tested positive, so they are on that list, and they're going through the proper protocols, right? So the COVID list is that what this is? Uh, yes. The the yeah. Correct. So that one is how many days? So would those guys be able to play this weekend? Or well, it, well, it depends. If you're vaccinated and you get put on the COVID list, if you have negative tests, tw- uh, two negative tests, twenty four hours apart. Then okay. you can get reinstated and play. Gotcha. So if those are false positives, you get those two negative tests, then you're good to go. So so it's a wait and see with those two guys. Correct. For the, for the weekend. Okay, good. And then the rest of them are just going to have to go through the, the regular daily testing now that they – okay, gotcha. Yeah, false positives. I mean, listen, it happens. Um, but there's obviously something wrong with that, you know, bioreference. they got to get that thing fixed. Yes. Well, and again, and again, this has been going on all year. Sure. And we haven't had this just, problem. So there's obviously yeah. something going on this week. Um, and hopefully they'll get that resolved and we'll know exactly what's so. going on. Yeah, because it's just, uh, that's tough. But, I mean, listen, it's, it's kind of like this. you got to improvise and adjust, right? I mean, this thing is just uh, – it goes – every day is different. And um, so hopefully they, everybody comes out clean. Yeah, so as of right now, it's still possible that literally every single Giants – Exactly. Won't, there will not be one Giants player that can't play on Sunday right. due to a positive COVID test. So that's yeah. – 
that's where we stand right now. We'll have more information as more of these retests take place. And again, they have to be 24 hours apart. And we'll update you as best we can as the Giants release more information. All right, let's go to the phones here, Jeff, at 201-939-4513. Don't miss out on the return of Giants football. The 2021 season might be underway, but we still have nine games to go. There's still time to secure your season tickets and root on your Giants at MetLife Stadium. Speak with the Giants ticket representative now and become a season ticket member by calling 888-NYG-1925. Jamal in Dallas will lead us off. Jamal, what's going on? What's going on, guys? Um, So, question. Regard, regarding the COVID, now I heard, I read something saying that McKinney's situation may be different because he's not vaccinated. Is there any truth to that? Uh, there is so no, have- there has been no announcement or information that I would consider reliable that McKinney is unvaccinated. Okay, okay, okay. Um, John, I think you need to make um, uh, add some things to the show, right? You need to have like a, a caller of the month or a caller of the week. <laughs> you you want to get on there, there huh? Jamal, do you know how much compl- how many complaints I get from callers why they weren't considered from things? If you think I'm dealing with that, you are out of your damn mind. <laughs> John, John has enough to do already <laughs> rather than come well, up with well, one other thing. Yeah. Well, I have a ha-ha for you, Jeff. So yesterday oh. a caller came in, mm-hmm. and regarding well, what was the change with the penalties, and he made a good observation. One, okay. there was no fans last year, right? No, that's a there good was point. no fans last year. That's a good point. Right, to this year. And we're playing with a bunch of backups. So while penalties are due to lack of focus and discipline, it's kind of hard to get on these guys because they're not our true starters, many of these guys, right? Um, so you have the fans, the crowd, right, all that going on, the, the whole energy in the building, and then you have guys who are probably not used to being on that, on that platform in those moments. So I I believe those two co- those two combinations of why our penalties are high. Okay. After I started thinking right. about it and I called and made that reference, I'm like, he, he makes a valid point. Yeah, it's possible. It's, 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 it's very, it's very possible. possible that those are factors. However, I will tell you this. So think about it. No, nope, no. Nope. Elijah Penny. Elijah oh. Payton's not used to getting the ball and getting the first down. No, that's attack. not an excuse. No, 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 no. No, we're not going there. And by the way, I was going to go there. The Elijah Penny penalty has nothing to do with people in the stands or how loud it is or anything. That's no, just you, a. That's yeah. just unfortunate. It's 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 a it's a bang yeah, bang. Yeah. It's an emotional thing. Just got to be smarter than that. And by the way, okay, Big Dex is right next to the football. <laughs> yeah. I mean that yeah. has nothing to do yeah. with crowd either. If you were the closest and, guy to that football, so I will go. I, I will say, understand some of it, but a lot of it is I'm just you. yeah. So yeah, right. and Zeminez. Okay, and then my next thing I called yesterday. I uh, was talking to John about our OC. Is there any way we can get a, a consultant on our staff? Now you know who the Cowboys got as a consultant. Can you guess who the Cowboys office consultant is? Ben McAdoo. Yeah. Ben McAdoo. That is true. <laughs> now remember, oh, now remember, remember though, Jamal, you have McCarthy and you have Kellen Moore, and yeah. then you have McAdoo. So yeah. just just keep That's keep that in mind that he is the there. third man yeah. on the depth chart there. And also, but, and by the way, Jamal, just very quickly, the Giants kind of do have a guy like that here in Freddie Kitchens. Kitchens. Yeah, yep. they have him. Ah, yeah, McAdoo, Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> I guess my thing is we need somebody. I, 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 well, I think we know. But what I'm saying is, so if we have those people that have that experience, I guess I don't understand why we're not using our 12 personnel enough. I mean, it seemed like last week we got the tight ends involved, but we were forced to because we had nobody, we had no other receivers to throw to. So, But I would like to see us use our 
tight ends to help block as well as put out there for pass plays. I mean, we keep talking about how elusive and athletic Evan Ingram is, and I feel like ever since Shermer left, we, we haven't used him in that in that area. Well, you're Jamal, gonna, you're going to you're gonna get your wish this week yeah. with the tight ends well, yeah. with, against Correct. the Raiders because yeah, of their wanna... coverage that they play. You watch. Uh, you know, Jamal, Jeff took the words right out of my mouth. One, <laughs> last <laughs> week you did see the tight ends block a lot, and that's why Evan Ingram wasn't involved in the first half of that game because he was chipping a lot. But number two, no team – plays close to the amount of cover three that the Raiders – remember, Gus Bradley used to be the defensive coordinator for the Seahawks. You know, Dan Quinn has kind of adjusted his scheme in Dallas to play a lot of man-to-man. Gus Bradley hasn't adjusted – you know what? He hasn't adjusted anything. He's playing cover three literally 57% of the time. Only two other teams in the whole league are playing cover three more than 40% of the time. So they will have opportunities down the seam. And just so you know – the Giants use 12 personnel, the fifth most frequent in the NFL among all teams, at 29% of the snaps. Only four teams use it more than they do. So that really? formation is out there a lot. Correct. Wow. So, well, okay. Well, it should be to help with our tackles and blocking. Well, that's, okay. okay. I, that's what it is. No, you're right. <laughs> exactly. No, Jamal, you're right. That, that's exactly that's, that's what it is. That's a big reason. They're really not out in but cover. They're there to, excuse me, in patterns. They're out there. They're out there to help either side of the offensive line, either the right or the left side. But, so. but I remember when Sherman was here on the 12 personnel, we did a lot of passing out of that, did we not? Yes. And how many times was Daniel Jones destroyed in the pocket during that during True. that year? True. And you made a point. And you made a point yesterday about you know versus being conservative to being a little bit more riskier. And there's a balance. But since I think we're being way too conservative. No, right? Jamal, it's Jamal, weird. look, you, you are right. You get to a point now where you say, all right, is there a realistic path to victory playing the way we're playing now? Now, here's the thing. Obviously, there was on Monday night, right? I mean, there was an obvious realistic path to victory there. You're in that game at the end with the way the Giants right. played. So I, I think it's hard to argue about what the plan was Monday because it did put them in position to win the game uh, against a good Chiefs team that admittedly is not playing their best football right now. But at what point do you get to, to where you're like, all right, that risk of the, the sacks, the negative plays, the turnovers, is that, ri- is that risk worth the potential upside? And, here he, and he, here's the one thing I'll throw into that I didn't throw in yesterday. I'd like to get your take on it. I think it's hard to do that now when you don't have the weapons to maximize those risks, right? So if you expose Jones more and you send more guys out into routes, what's the reward? An eight-yard pass to Colin Johnson? You know what I mean? I mean, is that getting you all excited? So maybe once you get all your weapons back, you could start doing more of that. But if you're struggling to protect and you don't have your playmakers, I think it's hard to argue for being a much more – you know, risk forward offense because I'm not sure you're getting your bang for the buck just because you don't have your playmakers out there to turn short passes in the big games. You know what I'm saying? So I would say this, so I would say this against Kansas City against Kansas City it was probably a perfect game plan to be conservative because if you try to start chunking away at big plays, it may come back to bite you, right? But what I'm talking about throughout the whole season, we've been playing, we've been playing conservative. There may have been a game or two where we opened the offense up a little bit more. Like the Panthers game, I felt like we opened it up. The Saints game, mm. we tried to open it up towards the end. The Saints but at like, the end, yes. Right, but what I'm saying is as a whole, I mean, we had a good part of our main players the first two weeks of the season, other than Kadarius Tony, and it wasn't open then. So I guess the frustration from, from a fan is, 
now we really can't open it up because we don't have anybody. But when we did have anybody, we weren't opening up anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Jamal. Appreciate right? the call, my friend. Appreciate it, man. Look, look, I get it. You guys want to score more points. I understand. I don't want to relitigate the first few games of the year. You know, I think week two against Washington, Jeff, a big part of that is their pass rush. Mm-hmm. You obviously are trying to get, get the ball out quick, and I think against Denver in week one, that's probably part of that too. Um, I don't think they were. I thought they were very conservative against Carolina, to be honest with you. They weren't opening the game up in that game. The reason they scored so many points is because they got the ball on short fields. Yeah. Because of bad punting by Carolina. It was mm-hmm. one of the worst punting performances I've ever seen, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple turnovers. So I don't really think we've seen them open up the offense much except for the end of that Saints game. And then the minute they tried to open up the offense against Dallas and the Rams, what happened? The quarterback starts getting destroyed mm-hmm. because they can't protect. So, look, there aren't any easy answers here given the, the limitations now with all the injuries on offense, especially not having Andrew Thomas at left tackle. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's tough to play with, with. I mean, I know that every team has injuries, but I tell you right now, every team doesn't have this many injuries. I mean, there are teams that do, um, and how you respond to them is, is up to you, but – it makes a difference. It just makes a difference. It's it's really hard to understand, and I know that fans and a lot of us are like, hey, you know, the next man up has got to play better, and you guys can do this and this through coaching and the guys are starters for reasons, yeah, Jeff. I, but I and exactly right, and I I just feel like it's very difficult. And you know, when we talk to Phil about you know evaluating Daniel Jones, I think he you know hit the nail on the head. It's the uh, you know what are some of the things he's done better, and then you know it, it's very difficult. And when you don't have your players out there. I mean, they brought they brought Galladay in here for a reason, guys. They brought him in here to be the number one guy and make big plays like he's done all his whole career. But what else has he done? He's always been hurt. He's, that's a risk they had to take, and um, it considered and, you know it just it rears its ugly head again. So those are those are kind of the risks that they take, and it hasn't worked out. Yeah. No, look, it's look, it's 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 not easy, Jeff. There it's not no easy, and answers. let me tell you, this is to play in this in the National Football League and stay healthy is not an easy thing to do. And by the way. A lot of it is, is, I mean, here's a guy, it's not, trust me, it's not that these guys are not in shape and that they're just, you know, they're, it just happens. And remember this, and you know this, John, these are thoroughbreds. These guys that run are like horses. You got to take care of them. And sometimes it's just a little bit too much here and there, and they and a little tiny little injury turns into something bigger, and before you know it, they're out. And oh, and by the way, Jeff, you want to talk about people who say, oh, why, why can't I? We had a caller a few weeks ago. I'm not sure if you were on the show with me. Why can't these guys, you know, fight through these injuries and you know play with the hamstring a little bit? Well, you saw what Sterling Shepard did. Mm-hmm. All right, why do you think he pulled the quad muscle? You think mm-hmm. it could be because he was trying to deal with the hamstring and maybe the muscle wasn't strong enough or he was compensating? Like, that's the type of stuff that can happen when you're trying to play with other injuries on the leg. It, that That's how it goes. And it's very difficult because it's it's kind of a, a – here's the thing. The players always want to get back on the field. That, that's not the question. They, these guys are not lazy, okay? And they don't want to just, you know, sit back and collect a check. These guys are athletes. They, they want to compete, okay? But what holds them back is – the trainers, and because they have a science to this. Correct. Like, listen, I can't let you go out there because I know how fast you run. I have all this information that I have on your, from for your GPS and all this stuff. You can't go out there. What do you mean I can't go out there? You can't. You're going to re-injure yourself, and then we're going to take five steps backwards. So let's just right. wait another week. And, you know, I know it's hard for you, but – and that's what the fan has to understand. And especially with the bye week coming next week, too. You get that's two right. weeks out of it. That's 100%. And believe me, this is a very scientific uh, evaluation what's going on these days. I mean, there's so much – you guys are there. You know it, John. Look at how much information and data comes out of these practices per day. 
These guys that you know that when guys are tired and their muscles are not reacting to it. So if you're going to put a guy out there when he's not 100%, and we always say that he's on, is he 100%? Yes. They're not putting him out there unless he is. That's just that's what it is. And by the way, I was not insinuating that they rushed Shepard back when he wasn't ready with the injury. That was not the point I was making. No, no, as, it just as, happens. As Jeff can attest that, you know, Ronnie Barnes and this training staff, they – Air Everybody on the side takes of being a conservative, conservative approach. Yes, yes absolutely. absolutely. You have to. Yeah. You have to, guys, because listen, if they don't, you're not going to have a roster. Yeah. Because, by the right. way, at the end, and this, we're halfway through the season, everyone is hurting right now. And by the way, Ev- I, yeah, correct. <laughs> and, and, and I have no idea if, if, if the quad injury was connected to the hamstring. I just, I'm just making the point that that's the type of stuff that can happen to players if you try to play through something. Not suggesting that Sterling Shepard necessarily was, but look, it's just injuries happen, man. I mean, it stinks, but. A lot of times, Jeff, until a guy, you know, can go through an, a couple months of an off season, they're still not fully healthy from what happened to them during the past year. And and that's by the way, I'm not even talking off season surgeries. I'm just talking like nicks and bruises and soreness and inflammation. Mm-hmm. That's and you know, I mean, who sure. am I talking to? You know this. Yeah. That stuff can take months to go away <laughs> after the season's over. Uh, and by the way, and sometimes it never goes away. You know, it's just a, right. it's a permanent injury to these kinds. But here's what you have to understand about injuries: is that one thing leads to another. And I know that that's a song, right? I think I don't know who sang that song. One thing leads to another. Whatever. Yes. But that's what it is. So there's there's also when you have an injury somewhere. It leads to another where it weakens. So you get atrophy here and there. So you have to build up everything around what you're doing. And it could be two weeks. That's why everybody says it's a, you know, it's a one to five week. Well, that one to five week window depends on a lot of things. How the player, the person reacts to injuries. Some guys are fast healers. Some guys aren't. And then, by the way, how are you reacting to the treatment? Some guys react to treatment great. Some guys take longer. So that's just, and you want to hurry them back, but you can't. You just can't do it. So, and listen, you made a good point. Coming up, they got this game against the Raiders on Sunday. Then they have a long, they have a bye week. And, you know, this is a great time for this team to get healthy. Um, and they, you know, maybe around that, who are they playing after the Raiders, John? Oh, that'd be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Exactly. What a great time to have your team healthy. Because <laughs> you're going to need it against that game. Yeah, definitely. 201-939-4513. Let's go to Dave in Cranford. He's up next. Hey, Dave. Hi, Dave. Hey, Jeff. Hey, John. What's going on, my friends? What's up, buddy? Not much. I haven't heard from you in a while. You doing good? I know. I know, Jeff. I Well, I've been listening to John, and, and like, he wants, you know, some new callers, so I try to, like, balance myself. Well, thank you. Um, but, and that's a good thing. And I, and I want to also be the guy that also promotes all of John's other media platforms, um, because I think that listening to all the other things that he that he actually works on is well worth your time. He's got his hands full. Yes, I am the king of New York sports uh, (laughs) digital media or something like that. Whatever it is. Yeah, John, John, come on. Or gesture, maybe? Don't sell sell yourself short. I was hoping actually we could stop for a second and have (laughs) have Jeff uh, sing some more songs. I'm not a singer. Oh, oh, by the way, and I looked it up, one thing leads to another, the fix. That's what it is, yep. Fix it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just, I just, yeah, that is a Paul Dettino special but... from the 80s right there for you. Uh, okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. So, okay. All right. I'm just going to try to get, uh, get, get, get to the point in, and in terms of what I want to make. And, and, and part of it is, I think I just am, and it is what it is, but I just am frustrated with um, the overall um, way that the team, and you, you guys are both going to say, like, just as Dave, this is, you know, 
2000 and whatever year we're in. Um, you know, this is the way things are. And that is the week-to-week analysis of the team. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm totally aware of, hey, am, am I frustrated? And, and, you know, I watch the, the games all the time. I mean, my oldest son is a crazy fan. He, he like, you know, we, we, you know we're, we're miserable after, after losses, the whole, the whole nine yards. So I'm not, I'm not naive to the challenges. What I am, what I am frustrated with is analyzing the team in the middle of a season because at the end of the day, it just, it just seems like it, it goes week to week. We could easily not, well, I shouldn't say easily. We could go on here a two or three win streak. And, and again, when I say that, I understand that we're playing Tampa Bay coming off the bye and that would be a huge upset. And I, and I get that, but we've actually played them pretty well. We played them pretty well last year. Um, it's you know the Giants. If you want to say, I, I look at the Tampa Bay, I look at the the Ram game and the Dallas game, and say both of those were were games that got away from us in many many ways. But I but I think every other game, you know, we've been in for the for the most part. And so, I, I and and the the two biggest people that I am frustrated with in terms of the analysis that I'm hearing, one is Joe Judge. First of all, um. I get the fact that he's the head coach and that he's going to be analyzed and and but but the the complaints I hear about Joe Judge are things like his answers are too long in his press conference. <laughs> I know there 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 are a lot of press conference complaints. There's a lot of those. You're not wrong. <laughs> and, and I find them to be like and 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 all because here's what I look at and Jeff, you could speak to this and John, you too. But I will just uh, go to Jeff. Like, what I'm most interested in is the honest reaction when the players are asked about Joe Judge and what do they say about him. And you can make your own call. You can say, oh, well, what are the players going to say about their boss? Are they going to say they don't like him or they don't, they don't think he's this? But, but, but that's not what's going on. You can read between the lines. And, by the way, you know, right now, you want to know who's getting pressure, which I find is crazy, is the freaking head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. You know, what's his name? Shanahan. Um, Kyle. Shanahan, mm-hmm. right? Considered one of the best young coaches in the league, by the way. And, and by the way, maybe next to the Giants, one of the most injured teams over the last two or three years. Yep. I mean, they've just lost players you know and and on the injury side and i get the fact that you know injuries are injuries i get it but we just didn't lose certain players you know we've had a left tackle lost which is you know the second or third most important position on the team we've had captains from the center of the team he's a captain on the offense we've had the captain on the defense the middle linebacker We've have a very we've had a captain on special teams in Jabril Peppers. These are these are three guys right across the middle of the of the field that have been lost. I'm not saying that 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 gives us excuses. All I'm saying is this isn't the time to analyze Joe Judge. Not yet. You want to analyze him after the season, then then be my guest. You want to analyze him then, that's fine. Uh, but all I'm saying is it's not the time. And the other person that it's not time to analyze is or or if you want to I'll I'll take a different view is Daniel Jones. 
You know, we sat there and we sit there and say, you know, oh, my God, how about all the personnel decisions that Dave Gettleman didn't make in terms of the choices that look actually pretty good right now in terms of other players that he could have chosen, Dwayne Haskins, Josh, I could go on and on, but there's a number of them, and you could look at the other ones, oh, well, maybe he could have chose this guy or maybe he could have chose that guy. Daniel Jones is not the problem right now, and if there's anything about Daniel so, so those two players, the, all I'm saying to you in a very crazy way is that it's not fair right now to analyze Joe Judge as a head coach in terms of his whole picture. Give him, give him, let, let's, let's play out the season. They go 2-15, and 15, we'll have a different conversation. They're not going to. But if all of a sudden the Giants week-to-week, week, this week-to-week week analysis in the NFL is driving me crazy. It's like <laughs> – it, it's just, it's just, it's week to week. Like, oh my God, they're, they're, you know, give the team a little chance. Yes, they've got things that are concerning. I get it. I'm not naive to that. I'm frustrated as hell. I could, I could add, add to all of that conversation. But could we, could we give them a little time to like maybe go on a two or three game winning streak where they win a game or two that they're not supposed to, and then all of a sudden the dynamic and the conversation is going to change overnight. That drives me crazy. And, and maybe I'm nuts. Sorry. Sorry. That's, okay. no, that's right, Dave. You Thanks for the call, rant. man. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. I think that it's just, it's tough. And in, in the world that we live in today, they're not, uh, you know, it's reactionary and that's just the way we are. And people are going to, they're going to do that. Um, unfortunately, Dave's going to have to put his blinders on and just kind of, you know, deal with it. But um, it does change week to week. You know, when they beat the Saints, look at the next week. It was great talking about everything, this and that. But then what after, after that, you talk about the mistakes. And I think collectively, John, you look at the at the the body of work between week, weeks one and week eight. And if you want to cut it down in the middle, you can't, you know, there's 17. So you got to do, you know, whatever, eight and a half games. But we're in the middle. And so there there can be an, uh, an analysis between one and eight. And then I think it's a good time to look at this. And, you know, that's what the Giants are going to be doing after this game. They do that by self-scout thing. And maybe this is, uh, will, will identify some things that they're really not looking at as collectively. But when you get break things down and start doing some self-scouting, you realize that, hey, maybe we're not doing this so well when we, didn't, when we thought we were. And maybe coming off the bye that this team gets healthy and goes in for a nice little run, you hope so, at the end of the year. 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. All right, Charlie, what's going on, man? How are you? Chuckles. <laughs> hey, Jeff. Hey, John. Hello. Hey, uh, the, last, the last caller, for one thing, this isn't Judge's first year as a coach. This is his second year. And for the other thing, Daniel Jones, this is not his first year. This is his third year. And everybody has a right to look at what these guys are doing in the first eight games of this year. There's nothing wrong with looking at it and seeing what the problem is. And Jeff, just for your AR, you know, for your moment that you were looking for. To That's called aha, aha, aha moment. Aha. And I'm okay, the last the person aha. that be telling people about <laughs> pronunciations of certain things. Trust me. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> Go but, ahead. Okay. To me, it's a reflection of the coach. And this is, you know, the reason I'm saying this is, you remember when Joe Judge, you, you know, was using the F word to get this player off the field? He he wasn't too calm in that situation. And how many F-bombs has this guy 
say every practice and you know his temperament isn't a calm you know constructive criticism temperament hey jeff jeff hold on jeff uh, can i ask you a question um what was tom coughlin's temperament like on the sidelines (laughs) pretty much the same i mean a lot of f-bombs a lot of uh a lot of yelling and screaming yeah absolutely same thing. And what do you think Bill right. Parcells is like on the sidelines? Same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah, they all I, react I differently. That's, that's two different coaches. What I'm trying to say is, you know, that is probably one of the part. I don't know. Part of the reason oh, why these players. Oh uh, come on! I mean, Charlie, what are you? Hey, are look, you like? You, what are you? Thirty? Are you a millennial? Are I'm talking to? What? What is? What? Seriously? <laughs> No, I mean, come on. We're not going to coddle. This is pro football. Don't I'm hurt yourself reaching you here, Charlie. Coach, Jesus. If you, have, <laughs> you know, if you have watch your back and your hamstring with that reach, if, dude. Oh, put you on IR. Is calmer, has a calmer demeanor, maybe these guys aren't going to be reacting. And I'll tell you what, Charlie. Oh, it, all, it, I'm no. out there. I will just oh, say I'm this. And then, and then if he had a calmer demeanor, I'd be getting calls about how he's not motivating the team and it looks like he doesn't care. You wouldn't, yeah. not for me, you wouldn't. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm, sh- I'm sure I wouldn't. Play. I'm, I'm pretty sure one. I got those calls when, when McAdoo was here from you. Hey, and look, guys. Hey, we're going to be 2-8. and eight. We're going to lose against the Raiders, and we're going to lose against Tampa Bay. All right? We're going to be 2-8. and eight, And so we're going to have seven games left, and maybe we win three out of those seven. Charlie, I, 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 I just want to remind you that four weeks ago you predicted we would be 0-10. But then we beat the Saints when you said they would lose that game. And then we beat the Panthers when you said they were going to lose that okay. game. Okay. So you think we're going to beat the Raiders in Tampa Bay? No, I don't know. They're obviously going to be underdogs. I didn't think they were going to win on Monday night, but guess what? They were one bad offsides penalty away from winning the game. This is football, Charlie. Did you think the Jets were going to beat the Bengals last week when the Bengals had the best record in the damn conference? Things happen. It's football. You know why? You know why I did? Because I like Mike White. Oh, you like like him. You don't know anything about Mike White. Yes, I do. I wanted him. I Even on the show, I said... We should draft Mike White in the third or fourth round because he was he has a great arm. He's a smart quarterback, and he showed it in that game. We'll so, see this weekend or tonight. He's playing tonight. No, we'll but see. what what I'm trying to say is that last call is saying serious? like we we go on Are a win this? streak of three games in the last seven. I nothing matters because we're totally out of the playoffs. We're totally out of That's everything. Most ridiculous thing and, I've ever heard. And we, and we win three games, and then we were, no, we're I, five I can, I and. Can't. Charlie, finish, please. I, I can't. I am. Finish. I said we're five and twelve, that, and and that's going to be good. No, it's not. It's not going to be good. Thank that's you, all Charlie. I'm saying. Take the bye Thank week off. Guys. Take 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 the bye week off. Reset, and we'll Charlie talk White. to you in Tampa Bay week. Charlie White. See you later, oh, Charlie White. Gosh. <laughs> Charlie White. I love. Oh, I knew Mike White was going to come out and throw for five hundred yards. He knew. He knew. Hey. Let me tell you something. My gosh. No, that no, literally, Let's, he said a lot of stupid things over the years. That might be number freaking one. <laughs> Holy cow. That Let's, is just great. Hey, Charlie, I'm serious. I don't want to hear from you for a week. I don't want to hear from you. To, take the bye week off. I don't want to hear from you until the Tampa Bay week. You just got yourself a freaking one-week temporary IR pass from John Schmoke and Big Blue Kickoff Live. Oh, come on. You're putting time out. He's put him in the corner. You can't pre- look. Am, am I telling you the Giants are going to win the next two games? No, I'm not telling you that. But am I telling you it's impossible? Of course not. Have you watched the NFL this year? Have mm. you seen the crazy? You know what that's been happening? I mean, give me a break. I, I think the please. biggest example of that is that how many people had the 
Jets beating the Bengals last well, weekend. There's no way. Oh, Charlie did because Mike White apparently is <laughs> Johnny Unitas. He just hasn't been given the chance to play yet. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, my and, gosh. And let me tell you something. Uh, Mike White doesn't have a huge resume. And when the defensive coordinator. Huge resume? Yeah, his resume is, is zero. It's infinitesimal. It does my, not exist. But my point is that because of there's not a big resume, the defensive coordinators don't know this guy yet. But I'm going to tell you right now, tonight, Thursday night football against the Indianapolis Colts, whoever the defensive coordinator is for that team, they're going to they're gonna figure out some things that are going to make Mike White's head spin tonight. Trust me. It just happens. How many times have you seen a backup quarterback come in and play well the, the next, either in that game, John, when the quarterback gets hurt because the other team doesn't know this guy, they can't scheme against the guy, but give the guys a week, look out. And I, I hope that Mike White tears it up because I really love the attitude of that guy. Oh, look, look, look. I, 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 I mean, this I isn't up, anything against Mike White. No, I'm absolutely. not killing Mike this White. This is a reality. It's Charlie I'm killing. This is a reality of how football works and how smart these guys are. I mean, sometimes they outsmart themselves, but the fact is that, that these guys are good. And, Jeff, we've seen <clears throat> quarterbacks do it for one game before and then disappear. That's my point. So, but and I'm hoping that doesn't happen for Mike White, but I will tell you that you know, but before the time is out, they're going to figure him out. They're going to figure out where, you, where is his weaknesses, and they'll attack him. So I'm just saying, caution who, to the wind. Who was the Packers quarterback that had that one great game in replacement of Rodgers? Oh, and then he went on to get the biggest contract signed, ever. He got signed by um, the Scott, Seahawks. It was, uh, no, um, uh, what it, was his name, Tolleson? No, no, it, no, it wasn't Scott Tolzien. No, no. He was the okay. next one that okay. lost to the Giants. It was the guy that, you know who I'm talking about. He went, he signed oh, totally. with the Seahawks, totally. and then Russell Wilson beat him out as like a fourth-round draft yeah. pick. Uh, I can't, and he had like a 400-yard passing game. That year for the Packers when he came in for Rodgers. So, oh my God, might even been Brett Favre. Was, was I know, Favre I know who I you're talking Rogers. about. Yeah, it was uh, Rodgers. I I know who you're talking about. Um, but he ended he ended up being nothing. Like you know, got a bunch of money, and then that was it. That's it. Was it so. Matt Matt Flynn? Matt Flynn. Thank That's you, it. Pearson. Matt Flynn. Good yep. call. It was absolutely yep. Matt Flynn. Mm-hmm. So I mean, <laughs> look, and and I hope Mike White ends up being great. I hope he makes a lot of money as a great quarterback. But to say you knew that was going to happen, I mean, dude, no, just I, I, I can't, I, I can't, I, Listen, I just can't, I can't I, argue know what? with that. How can anybody prove that you say that? So I could say, I could just say that I knew David Carr was going to have an amazing year this year. I told you guys that it back in the off season. Well, you well, go, well, Jeff, seriously? I agree. I think David Carr has been great on NFL Network. I think he's been fantastic. Uh, David Carr, excuse me, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, no. I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been great on NFL Network. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My bad. So Derek Carr, excuse me, former teammate uh, of Jeff Eagle. That's David right. Carr, by yeah. The way. So um, golfing buddy, have you guys golfed before together? I imagine you guys definitely golfed together. Punters and backup quarterbacks. No, we are never, Probably pretty tight. No, we never did. Really? We never did. Yeah. Because David Carr looks like he would be a good golfer, doesn't he? He looks. Well, like he's a, a quarterback. I got to think he can play some golf. You know, most of them can. Um, but yeah, I mean, but. My point is that anybody can say that I said this, and if you have, how do you prove it? We don't know. So don't come on and just say, oh, I said I was. I wanted to draft Mike White. Well, I knew it. Well, you know, Charlie, if you knew that, I want to see your betting slip from the casino, okay? Because if you knew the Jets were going to win that game and you could have bet them on the money line, guess what? You should have done it because you would have walked away with a lot of lobster Actually, money. Charlie, why don't you – well, if he is, I don't even know if he's a better or not, but if you to, are. I don't want to talk about him anymore. What? Show him the, the yeah. Show us the betting that you're going to actually bet on him tonight. And say yeah, he's going to you know, throw point. for another four hundred. All right, so. ha- Howard in Westchester will wrap us up here. Hey, Howard. Hello, Howard. Hey. Please bring us hey. back to it to, to, to some semblance of sanity. Here, land, land, land uh, the plane. <laughs> I will try from Westchester. 
Yeah, I, I actually had two questions. Um, yes. The first one, I'm a big DJ fan, and I, you know, I know that you know fans say crazy things, but you know, people like Charlie who hate everything about the Giants. I'm not quite sure where the fan comes from because yes, the Giants are disappointing. Yes, they're bad at times, but you still have to get pleasure from them as if you're a real fan. And I believe that DJ is is the best part of the Giants this year by far. I don't know sure. if there's any. If you could mention any other player that's doing a better job over this eight-game eight, eight period oh, look, of time. Howard, Howard, look, Howard, just, just to back that up quickly, two weeks ago, I'm not sure if you heard when, when Phil Sims was on with us two weeks ago, he flat out said Daniel Jones is the best player on the team, and he was dead serious about it. Yeah, when they give him a game plan to run, which they give, I think it was Washington, one of the games where they actually, he ran as was the primary play, mm-hmm. he's great at it. When he throws the ball, they go deep, he's great at it. He does things really well. It's the you know they're limited because either Garrett thinks that if he doesn't have the players to run an interesting dynamic game plan, so he he, he tightens it up and gives them nothing. You know, little runs to the line, little screens here and there, but it does not really display Daniel Jones' talents, and that's unfortunate. And uh, I think you know you guys talk about him as Eli two O. I think he's Eli two O as a great athlete that that Eli unfortunately was not. He's got the same temperament, yes, but he's a yeah. much better athlete. And given yeah. the same talent, you could make the case that he would do better with that talent. Second question, real quickly, yes. and, I, and I, don't take this wrongly, but I, I know you guys are great analysts. I've listened to you guys all the time. But is there any pressure? I don't know who owns the podcast or what the affiliation is with the Giants, but do you feel any sense of being not an apologist but sort of explaining why Judge does what he does or why Gettleman does what he does. Do you feel no. any pressure to, to not say the obvious? Because if you look at Judge, and I like Judge when he came, but he's done some insane things. The timeouts, the headsets, a lot of the crazy things he's done, the excuses, not talking about the games, trying to be Belichick. You can't be Belichick without Oh, he's not being Belichick. Why do you think he's, he's being Belichick? He gives long, expansive answers on things in press conferences all the time. Just as boring, though. Long, but just as boring. And says nothing. Just says nothing. You know, it's coach speak. Wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out, time out. So you're mad at him for talking about the headsets when he says something, but then you complain that he doesn't say anything when he doesn't say stuff like that. Which one do you want it to be? Do you want him to say something or do you want him to say nothing? The headsets are an excuse. It's, no one should use that. Even if it's true, take it off privately. That's don't use it. But that's him being honest. No but, no, but for example, Howard, just, just very quickly, you're complaining that he says nothing and he's not honest. What if that's being 100% honest? So then you don't want him to be honest if it's not what you want him I'm to not say? Press, I'm really not talking about the press conferences. That's not important to me. Okay. I'm talking about the, timeouts, the, way he, the way he's been running the team, the lack of emotion. I just don't think he's as good. He's, he's, sort of mono, he's sort of mono. He's intense. But he's not, he's not, you wouldn't call him an upbeat kind of guy. He's intense. But I'm just, I don't, do you think he's made great game time decisions, in game decisions? Do you think he's been as good as you would have hoped him to be? I think we're all feeling he's a new coach and he's going to grow, but he's been somewhat disappointing, I would think. Thank you for the question. We appreciate it. Um, Look, and I think that, look, we talk about every one of these situations individually. I don't think it's fair to talk about him as a group, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Because we break down every one of these after each game. And let me just add this, too. And, Howard, it's a fair question, and, and thanks a lot for the call. We appreciate it. Hope you keep listening. We get no pressure from up above of what to say, what not to say, or anything like that. We don't. 
We don't. Yeah, the only thing that we ever are told not to say, and this was a couple of years ago, now we have the, we have, as long as we reveal the source, we can give you guys some information. But before, we couldn't do that. Yes, and, know, and, but, and, and, and by the way, the other thing, and I've been very open about this, Jeff, I've said it many times, we will never call for somebody to be fired. That no. is something we're not going to do. And frankly, that's not something that's even been told to me directly. Mm-hmm. But these are people that are working this building with us yeah. that we know and we're friends with. I am never... Just from a personal perspective, if you guys don't like this, I'm sorry. It's just something we're not going to do. And frankly, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't think people would be happy if we did it either. But it's just more from a personal perspective that someone that's in this building that I know and I talk to and I'm friends with, I'm not going to go on the air and, and say they should lose their job. Yeah. I mean, guys, and- that's just not going to happen. But in terms of everything that happens in the game, in terms of analysis, plays, players, coaches' decisions, everything you hear – we, we, we do not lie to you, okay? We do not lie to you on the show. We tell you what we think. We break things down. We try to show both perspectives on things, and that's how we try to approach it, and we do the best we can. We, and, uh, and please understand this, okay? We have, we have to be respectful, Okay, and so you know this isn't this isn't your your radio station where you got these shock jock guys that come in. We're not those people. Okay, we work for the Giants, and we ha- we respect what is uh, asked of us to do, and so and that's by what the we- way, and there's also nuance to everything, Jeff. The people 100%. on the outside don't understand <laughs> the layers and the nuance, so they're just free to say whatever they want. Things are rarely that simple. That's right. That's right. So, and I think the biggest thing for me, what I'm trying to hit home is, is that we have to be respectful of what these people are doing in the building and what they're doing as their jobs. It's our job to analyze and discuss and debate and take your phone calls. And with, by, by, with all due respect, we love them. You guys have great points. Some of them are okay, but most of them are great. And you know, when, <laughs> when, when, we, when we have a chance to come back and rebuttal stuff, we have to be respectful of not only you guys as the caller, but people that we're talking about that's just my take on it does that make sense john good stuff jeff sounds good i think that was a quick show that yes thing it was bleep it was a fun <laughs> show and by the way most importantly we try to have fun with you guys here too of course most and please important. don't take everything personal guys especially you charlie we we like nah, you he calling can. in he can yeah. it's okay but you've been you have been suspended you've been put in a corner for a week i yes. heard it so well and, and today's what thursday so it's it's the end of my week I will be talking to you, John, on Sunday now, but uh, you have another day tomorrow, so good luck. For Charlie, he's on to Tampa Bay. For Jeff Beagles, <laughs> I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Everybody have a great weekend. Or have a great day, rather. We'll see you tomorrow. My days are all screwed up on that Monday night game. And we'll have one more show previewing the Raider game right here on Big That's Blue right. Kickoff Live on Friday. For Jeff Beagles, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time.